Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Miriam Knight Show, where we explore the many faces of consciousness in action. As the publisher of New Consciousness Review, I get to see the latest books and films having the greatest impact on the global awakening and interview their authors here. Our scheduled guest for today came down with the flu and my newly discovered brother from another mother, Chick Streetman, graciously agreed to be my guest today. I just met Chick over Christmas and was moved by both his talent as a musician and the story of what he has done with his music and his message. As you know, the conscious awakening has many faces, and Chick is a powerful demonstration of what one man can do. Welcome, Chick. Hello. Thank you, Miriam. Thank you. Thank you. Chick, you have a long history as a performing musician. You've been a musical director, composer. You you teach um, at the Seattle Conservatory of Music and the Heifetz International School of Music. Um, Tell us about your journey. How did you start in music? I understand that you got the first guitar at age seven. I got my first guitar at age seven. And the interesting part about that is that um, my folks didn't have a whole lot of cash at the time, and um, we were four children. And when we got things, you know, for Christmas or whatever, it usually it would belong to all four children. We would have to share it. So we get a bicycle. Uh, the bicycle belonged to all four of us. But one day my mother came home with a guitar for me and said, this is you, son, and I don't know why. To this day, I ask her, you know, why was it for me? She goes, I don't know. I just felt like you needed a guitar. <laughs> Your mother was a musician, a singer, wasn't she? She was, and still is. She's, uh, she's hanging in there. She's 89, and she still sings when she gets a chance so her ears aren't that great, so she doesn't hear that well. But um, she loves to sing, and my dad would sit up and listen to her sing, you know, 24-7. Just, he could just sit there and listen to her sing. She didn't make a career out of it. She uh, um, she had been asked, actually, to go on the road with uh, Fats Waller. He asked my grandmother if my mother could go on the road with him because he had um, he had her, when he would travel through Georgia, she got up on stage with him a couple of times at age 16, 15, actually, I think it was, to, to sing with him, and um, he wanted her to go on the road. And uh, my grandmother said sure because she uh, she saw money and started insane, but my mother elected not to go because she would have been the only girl in the road with, you know, 40 men probably. And she said, no, no, I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> I think I'll stay home. <laughs> yeah, but so anyway, I got the guitar when I was uh, at seven, and uh, but I had no interest in playing it. It was just something that I enjoyed because it was mine, just, you know, exclusively mine. And it would lean against the wall when I go to bed at night. I'd look at the guitar and just think, "Oh, how cool it is to have my own guitar." Um, and um, then one day, somebody broke into our house and they busted up the house and smashed the guitar. Oh no! Yeah, I, I, I you know, it was, it was weird because you know, why wouldn't they just take it? But why smash it? But they smashed everything. So I didn't. Another guitar didn't make its way into our home until I was around six. Around 15, 16, my older brother brought home a very, probably a $10 guitar, uh, but he knew a couple of chords on it and uh, showed me those chords, and the, the physical part of playing the guitar came pretty natural for, and easy for me. 
And uh, whenever I go any place with my friends, I'd always have the guitar with me. If we played a baseball game, I'd have the guitar with me. If we went to the beach, I'd have the guitar with me. Um, I just and so and in those days, you know, anybody who played learned from their friends. And you now you can go on the internet and you know look up how to play things. But back in them days, you just had friends who played and they showed you how to do something. You went home and you practiced it. Mm, yeah. And uh, so I, I, my first uh, sort of musical foray was into the, the folk music world, you know, singing, you know, Peter Paul and Mary songs, you know, Michael Rowe, the Bodish, or whatever. <laughs> and uh, and then, then uh, we had, we, I put together a little folk group with uh, uh, two high school students, friends of mine, uh, uh, a fellow named Gintaras Carosis and a, a girl by the name of Linda Leach. Uh, and it was Linda Balcony at the time. But we became a group called the uh, Cherry Valley Trio. <laughs> and um, we had, uh, I had, so when I started going to Northeastern University, I had a friend who said to me that his neighbor um, used to work with Sammy Davis Jr. He as, a, as an agent and talent scout. And he said, I could get you that guy to hear you guys if you're interested. And so we said, <laughs> sure, why not? Um, so we went out and played for this guy, and when my friends were packing the guitars up afterwards, he called me over, and he said, I just want, I have one thing to say to you. I said, what's that? He said, you should be alone. And I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, but then I, not long after that, I wound up in, uh, in California and started listening a lot to people like Sunday Terry and Brian McGee and Muddy Waters, Lightning Hopkins, Big Bill Brunsey, and listening to a lot of country blues country folk blues, mm-hmm. and I just felt that that, was, that kept me in connection with um, the black community back in my home, back, back my family, and so forth. So I listened a lot to that, and that's, people would go down to um, Los Angeles and party on weekends. I just to stay home and practice and play my guitar. And uh, you, you went to California in the Air Force, didn't you? Right. I was in the Air Force, and it was... Um, partly because the Vietnam thing had kicked in and they were looking for people to go over there and fight in Vietnam, and I didn't want to do that. I didn't like the whole idea. And I just listed the Air Force, and the Air Force took me out to California. Mm-hmm. So I spent three and a half years in the Air Force. in um, playing and listening to, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of the uh, country folk blues artists. And uh, when I was discharged, I stayed out in California, continued to play around a little bit in, in small little cafes and things like that. Um, wound up uh, graduating from the University of Santa Cruz, California in Santa Cruz with a degree in psychology and worked for a while as, a, as the head of a psychodrama department in, at a community hospital in Carmel uh, and then left. But every, I left, and one of the things that happened for me that was really interesting is that all the psychiatrists and the staff and the patients and the families would always say the best therapy that anybody got around in the hospital was when I brought my guitar to work and played for everybody. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, the, the, the hospital setting is just so focused on illness that when somebody brings life into this situation, whether it's music or, or poetry or, or even a pet, it really lifts the spirit, and that really helps people focus on getting better rather than, you know, dwelling on their illness. Yeah, the psychodrama is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you, you, uh, you also did a lot of theater in the course of your uh, career. 
How did you get into that? Well, after what happened was when I left the hospital, I went to to, to, to Europe and uh, traveled around in Europe for a year and um, wound up um, doing my very first record album over there. Um, and it was mostly just about kind of, you know, shake your booty, feel good, clap your hands, have a good time, country blues type stuff. And when I came back to the States about a year later, I realized that I wanted to start talking about things that were of concern to me that were going on in the digital ecology, if you will, uh, things that were going on around me in the world. And um, so I, for example, one day I was riding in my car on the Los Angeles freeway, and the Santa Monica freeway in Los Angeles, and I heard a uh, bulletin about a young Latina who had been killed in El Salvador along with her mother and six Jesuit priests. And for some reason, I just knew right away that I, I wanted to write a song about this young girl, and 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 I did, and I uh, I just went and I recorded it and sent it down to her father, who had suffered heart failure once he had, he had learned what happened to his wife and daughter. I just wanted him to know that somebody somebody cared, uh, somebody else cared that uh, even though I didn't know him personally, and um, so then it was a matter of uh, finding a way to continue supporting myself through music, and I started my own school of performing arts in Santa Barbara, California, which I ran for about nine years off and on. And uh, and then I got a call to do a, a theater piece in Los Angeles at the Mark Tate Perform um, called Spunk, and which was directed by George C. Wolf. And it was a Dorian Hurston piece, and I went down with my guitar, and that was my first real, I think my first, maybe it was my second one, because I had done Lost Highway, the story of Hank Williams prior to that. But that was my foray into the world of theater. And I've done quite a bit of theater since then, but most of it has been with a some sort of musical instrument in my hand, a harmonica, a guitar, or a percussion, or something like that. My goodness. You play all of these things. Well, I play at all of them. <laughs>
to record um, an album. And uh, what was the question that was responded? I just got off track. Um, you had asked me um, about uh, you know the, the, your, really I was thinking of um, the first the song that you song. wrote with a message. That's, well, the first song I wrote, wrote the, that that album was called Growing Up. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about some of the complexities of young people growing up in America in that first album. And when I met Pierre, Pierre asked me, had, um, uh, I, did I have any records out? And I said, no. And he said, well, are you interested in doing an album? I said, uh, yes. He said, have you written any songs? I said, I have some and I'm working on some others. He said, well, come by my office next Monday and let's talk about it. I said, okay. So I went home. I wrote ten songs in a week mm-hmm. because I hadn't had any songs. <laughs> Shades of the Beatles <laughs> that I had written. So and those ten songs became the, the songs on my first album uh, called Growing Up. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm not sure I can do any of those songs. Anymore. <laughs> played is just as timely today as it was then, and young, perhaps even more so with young people getting out of college and not really knowing or, or even having the opportunity of a, a job and job. knowing what to do right. with their lives. Exactly. exactly. So, as they say in France, plus ça change, plus ça ne <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> The very first song that I think I wrote, though, that kind of talked about stuff that was going on in the world that was important to me. I, and I talked about the young girl, Selena, and uh, Mariset Ramos, who was killed along with her mother and the sixth Jesuit priest in El Salvador. So 
that song, I can do a little bit of it for you right now, because like...
J.M. Knight is the founder and publisher of New Consciousness Review, a digital magazine and website at ncreview.com. For 15 years, Miriam's Beat has been covering the thinkers, books, and films inspiring conscious evolution towards greater health, happiness, empowerment, compassion, and connection. Browse the thousands of enlightening books, interviews, and videos on ncreview.com. You can connect with Miriam on Facebook or through the website. That's ncreview.com. Has the universe been trying to get your attention? What will it take for you to start to listen? I'm Miriam Knight, and I interviewed 37 individuals from all walks of life for our book, What Wags the World, Tales of Conscious Awakening. In it, they describe the cosmic two-by-fours that changed their lives, and their answers may make you rethink your own ideas about the nature of reality. Available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, or ask for it at your local bookstore. What Wags the World? Tales of Conscious Awakening. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network. And I'm Miriam Knight, and I want to remind you that I am the publisher of New Consciousness Review at ncreview.com, a fabulous digital magazine with interviews, reviews, and articles of conscious awakening. Um, And as I was saying before, conscious awakening takes many different forms and faces. And Chick, I wanted to ask you, when... Did you kind of do the shift from playing music about shaking the booty? And I love to shake my booty, just like it is. But you kind of moved that into music with a message. What was the catalyst? Well, I think the catalyst was the uh, was the young girl, Selena. And uh, when I heard about what happened to her, um, well, actually, I, I knew, though, that when I left France, that as much as I, it, it was a wonderful opportunity for me, as, as much fun as it was, and it really, really was, it really sort of got me really planted in the music world because prior to that, you know, I had done music, but I had been in the world of psychology. But it really grounded me in the world of music, and uh, that was what I wanted to do music at, uh, at uh, so when I realized that the music thing was to where I was going um, I knew that uh, just to shake your booty and tap your feet and tap your hands and pop your fingers as much as that was a wonderful thing to do and I still love to do that as well I just felt like I needed to there were things that were going on the Vietnam War, Martin Luther King you know, uh, uh, Malcolm X uh, John Kennedy uh, uh, Bobby Kennedy, I mean all these people were just disappeared, you know, and friends of mine disappeared in the Vietnam War. Things were going on around me, the uh, uh, civil rights thing was happening, movement, and uh, everything was going on. And it was, 
I, I wasn't real much of a conscious person, I don't think, prior to uh, the 60s. Uh, prior to that, I was in the world of athleticism and sports, and but I wasn't very conscious of it. Just, you know, I was young, and uh, and I kind of grew up, I think, going through France and going through the 60s. And um, when I got to Los Angeles and I heard about this young girl, I just knew there was, there was something. Actually, the day before uh, I was in my car and I heard about Selena, I was singing at up in Northern California at a senior citizen facility, and there was a young Latina in the audience there. She had a beautiful sweater on, and uh, she commented on my shirt, and I commented on her sweater, and uh, she had suffered brain damage. And um, we just had a special connection, she and I, and she was 16. And so the very next day I was in Southern California, and I heard about Selena, who was also a young Latina. Uh, I was just in that spirit at the moment, and I wanted to write about her. So that really, I think, kind of got me going in that direction. You had been telling me about a film um, that you were asked to do the music for about, um, I think it was uh, Abused Women? Yes. That was when I was in Santa Barbara, and I had started my school of performing arts, where I was basically working with uh, people on how to um, express themselves, to feel comfortable expressing themselves um, on stage. And it was uh, all kinds of different people in the class. It wasn't just um, musicians, but it was plumbers and secretaries and doctors and um, people who were interested in magic and mime and singers and dancers. Um, but one day I was sitting in my office, and a friend of mine came in, and she uh, said that she was working on a video project um, that was dealing with uh, abused women. Asked me if I would be interested in composing the music for it. I thought, absolutely. And so she left with me. I think it was about 110 glossy black and white photographs, 8 by 10s of, of abused women. And I thought, wow, and I, 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 I plastered all of these photographs on my office wall. And I, I just wanted to get into the spirit of what all that was. And I sat with them for about a week, I think, just looking at all these photos. And I just wanted to come up with the right feeling. And I realized that what I wanted to do was just hold all these women in my arms and just rock them almost like a baby, just to, and just to say, you know, it's going to be all right. You know, you can make it through the night. And that was became the title for the, the song that I wrote for this video project, uh, Make It Through the Night. Well, can we hear it? Turn it around, and you find 
trying to get your attention? What will it take for you to start to listen? I'm Miriam Knight and I've interviewed 37 individuals from all walks of life for our book, What Wags the World? Tales of Conscious Awakening. In it, they describe the cosmic two-by-fours that changed their lives and their answers may make you rethink your own ideas about the nature of reality. Available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, or ask for it at your local bookstore. What wags the world? Tales of conscious awakening. Miriam Knight is the founder and publisher of New Consciousness Review, a digital magazine and website at ncreview.com. For 15 years, Miriam's Beat has been covering the thinkers, books, and films inspiring conscious evolution towards greater health, happiness, empowerment, compassion, and connection. Browse the thousands of enlightening books, interviews, and videos on ncreview.com. You can connect with Miriam on Facebook or through the website. That's ncreview.com. 
If you're like the 8 out of 10 women that say finding genes that fit is a problem, well, your problem is solved. Lee Jeans has done extensive research, and they have genes that fit. There's even an online Lee Fit Finder so you can find the right fit for you. Imagine jeans that instantly slim you with a custom fit and no gap waistband. And guys, kids, Lee has jeans for you too. Click through to Lee's Jeans on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page and get what fits. You want HealthyLife.net radio programming everywhere? TuneIn Radio is your mobile solution. The app is available for iPhone, BlackBerry, and Android phones. Search your app store today. Search for TuneIn and take HealthyLife.net radio programming everywhere you go. Again and again, you want to wake up feeling satisfied. 
Well, if you take it to heart, you make it from the start. You never have to wonder why. Life is bright when you look at it right. That is something that you can't deny. Everybody got to live. Everybody got to die. Everybody got to die. Everybody got a right to feel good inside. Everybody got a high. Everybody got a low. Everybody got to be yourself. No matter where you go, they go gone. Oh, that was cool. I remember you playing that uh, over Christmas, and uh-huh. we all really grew out on that. One <laughs> song. But that's just basically just talking about, you know, what I, what I really feel deep in inside. You know, we are who we are. Feel good about who you are. And if you do, it's easier to reach out to other others, you know, who may be not so much like you, uh, and to cross those borders, break down those barriers, and, uh, and to appreciate the differences that are out there. You know, particularly against the background of what's happening in the world today where we, you know, go into this, this, I think, black funk about the terror and the the protests and, and the threats. And underlying that, it's, it's just this lack of respect of each other, of, of differences of beliefs and, and actually feeling at, at the most fundamental level that you don't want to change other people. You don't want everybody in the world believing and looking and, 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 and um, you know, cooking like you. Exactly. That's what makes life exciting, the differences. Yeah. That's how we get to know ourselves. Like, to love, to love, the, the, you go to different countries, the way, you see the way people dress, the different dress, the different architecture, the different foods that people have. You know, it, it's just so wonderful to see and experience and appreciate the differences that are there. Everybody be yourself. Uh, <laughs> tell me about um, your your kids. You sent kids out into performing at different venues. Mm-hmm. What was that all about? How well, did they it, react to it? it well, it, it, it was great. It was, the kids—they weren't all kids. I mean, they were they were adults that were taking my—they were going to my school mm-hmm. and they were taking their classes. And um, but I just felt it was a great opportunity to have. People learn their learn to express themselves by being in front of an audience that uh, could appreciate what they were trying to do, and so we would have you know would be musicians or, or magicians or dancers or people reading poetry and telling stories storytelling, and and we would go to a, a senior citizen home and perform for them. We would go to the psychiatric units of hospitals and perform for them. Um, we went around to schools and performed, and uh, and people just loved it. And it was great for the uh, the, the students to to have this experience, it's just to sort of hone. Some of the people wanted to become professionals with it, but a lot of them were just wanting to have an opportunity to express themselves in a in a fun and creative way and a fun and in creative environment. As a teacher of self-expression, um, what do you think are the biggest barriers that people have to overcome? Fear. <laughs> Fear. And also people get, I think, caught up in thinking that there is a certain model that they are supposed to represent. You know, but like I say, you go back into just be yourself. Um, 
as, as we as we go through life, it is we tend to want to model ourselves after people that we think have been successful. And people get successful uh, for many different reasons, but how they got successful may not be the way for us. You know, so it's a matter of finding out who you are and allowing you. And if you, you know, it's hard to get to build yourself. And I say to my students all the time, it's hard to get to know yourself if you don't express yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, if, you, if you keep it all balls on the side, it's hard to know who you are. So uh, put it out there. Let it come out and, and feel it. And, uh, and then you get to know it and get to trust it, and you learn about it, and you learn, I'm talking about learning about you, you learn about yourself, and uh, it's the, I think, the best way to do it. And don't worry about being judged. Um, and if somebody is saying something to you that's not nice or in a not nice way, my attitude about that is that that's their problem, <laughs> not yours. You know, if somebody's going to be not nice to you, that's their problem. Don't take it on because... Uh, it's out there, and there's a lot of negativity out there, but you don't need to take it on yourself, you know. Um, understand that that's something that they have to deal with. That's such an important point because we really need to see our reflection in other people in order to judge who we are. It, it's like uh, everyone is acting as a mirror for each other. Mm -hmm. And... What a, what a wonderful thing to help people overcome their fear and, and take on board that message about it's not your problem, it's their problem mm -hmm. if they're not nice. Exactly. Very cool. Okay, well, we're coming up to our last break. I'm speaking with Chick Streetman, and I'm Miriam Knight, and we'll be right back. Miriam Knight is the founder and publisher of New Consciousness Review, a digital magazine and website at ncreview.com. For 15 years, Miriam's Beat has been covering the thinkers, books, and films inspiring conscious evolution towards greater health, happiness, empowerment, compassion, and connection. Browse the thousands of enlightening books, interviews, and videos on ncreview.com. You can connect with Miriam on Facebook or through the website. That's ncreview.com. been trying to get your attention? What will it take for you to start to listen? I'm Miriam Knight and I interviewed 37 individuals from all walks of life for our book, What Wags the World? Tales of Conscious Awakening. In it they describe the cosmic two-by-fours that changed their lives and their answers may make you rethink your own ideas about the nature of reality available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, or ask for it at your local bookstore. What Wags the World? Tales of Conscious Awakening.
Okay, so you have a couple of days off, and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries, for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights, and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. All positive talk with a mature edge. HealthyLife.net. And you can't stop. 
uh, would go all the way back to when I was working in the psychiatric unit. <laughs> uh, so we're exercises were getting people together and to express themselves and to come out and to uh, to uh, to enjoy the idea of letting go and being who you are and being yourself. Kind mm, of. Because sometimes people can hide behind the instrument. They want that instrument, that violin, to just speak from. You know, I'm playing the heck out of this instrument. Check this out, you know. But you can have 20 people play the, 20 violinists play the same music, and it's going to sound different because each person puts their own self into that piece. So my job is to say it's okay to put yourself there, express yourself, feel it, let it happen. Well, how many of us can take that message on board in whatever we're doing, with or without an instrument? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I mean, we are who we are, right? And you know, be who you are. Be yourself. Be yourself. Everybody, be yourself. No matter where you go. <laughs> <laughs> because you take yourself here and you take yourself there, but you yourself is the same self. It doesn't change. Yeah. You know, and you want people to like you. How are they going to like you if they don't know you? And how are they going to like you if you don't like yourself? If you don't like yourself, exactly. There's another song I wrote called Beautiful, and I talk about that when I sing in school, high school. I ask, I ask uh, students, I say, raise your hand if you feel you're beautiful. And you get so many people raise their hand. I say, but now, and I check this out. I'm not talking about your external beauty. I'm talking about your internal beauty. I'm talking about your willingness to be compassionate, your, your ability to appreciate others. Your, 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 your love and respect for others and yourself. I'm talking about that. And when now I ask you to raise your hand, you get a whole lot more people that raise their hand. You know, because that's what it's about. It's about feeling you're beautiful. And if you don't feel you're beautiful internally, you know what I'm saying, then it's, it's going to be hard to access the things that you want to access in your life. You know, if you don't feel you're worth it. Absolutely. You know, so know that you're a beautiful person, regardless of whatever external thing there is, or regardless of whatever internal thoughts you have, you're a beautiful person, and we all, none, of, none of us are perfect. We're all working on, um, you know, trying to be the best that we can be. That's my latest song is, Are You Doing the Best yeah. You Can? And what, what a wonderful message to close on. Mm-hmm. Chick, this time has gone by much too quickly. Way real fast. I'm going to have to have you come back. I would love to. Anyway, I've been speaking with Chick Streetman, C-H-I-C-S-T-R-E-T-W-E-T-M-A-N.com. Chick, thank you so much. And, and uh, listeners, I hope you'll join me next week when my guest will be Janine Mestrovich, talking about being more alive at 65. Thank you, Maria. Visit New Consciousness Review on ncreview.com. And thank you for joining me. I hope you'll join us next Till then, I'm Miriam Knight. Be happy, be well, and let your light shine. been trying to get your attention? What will it take for you to start to listen? 
I'm Miriam Knight, and I've interviewed 37 individuals from all walks of life for our book, What Wags the World? Tales of Conscious Awakening. In it, they describe the cosmic two-by-fours that changed their lives, and their answers may make you rethink your own ideas about the nature of reality. Available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, or ask for it at your local bookstore. What Wags the World? Tales of Conscious Awakening. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network. 